Hello, I'm Faith Rogers, host of today's program, COVID-19, Keeping Up with the Moving Target. Thank you for joining us. This activity is jointly provided by the Postgraduate Institute for Medicine, DKB Med, and the Institute for Johns Hopkins Nursing. Today's program is accredited for ANCC, AAPA, and AMAPRA Category 1 credits. Please visit our website for complete CE information. If you're tuning into our webcast, please click the Claim Credit button on the webinar console. Otherwise, please go to covid19.dkbmed.com, navigate to our multi-specialty episodes, and select the webinar to claim credit. Today's learning objective is to describe current data pertaining to booster doses for COVID-19 vaccination. This educational activity is supported by independent medical educational grants from Gilead Sciences Incorporated, as well as in-kind support from DKB Med. With us today, we have Dr. Paul Awater, Clinical Director of the Division of Infectious Diseases at Johns Hopkins School of Medicine. Dr. Allwater, thank you so much for your time today. Yeah, thank you, Faith. One of the most uh, frequent questions that I get posed to by patients, uh, as well as family and friends are, should I get a booster now or wait? And I think in order to try to help answer that for your patients, I thought I would go over some current information and um, see uh, if that provides some basis for helping you uh, to decide and inform your patients, family and friends, maybe even yourself about um, what to do. Uh, in terms of the landscape of uh, SARS-CoV-2, Omicron remains present with subvariants continuing to evolve. And this is an evolutionary picture that's even faster than prior variants such as Alpha and Delta. Uh, with the original Omicron, uh, Omicron uh, lineage disappearing, as you can see in the dark purple. And for most of April and May, we were seeing the evolution of BA. 2.12.1, but now BA5 and to a lesser degree BA4, which are fairly similar, have really taken over and are now the majority. Of course, what's being hampered is far fewer people are being tested. So I'm not sure we have as complete a picture as we may have had during the last Omicron surge. And more importantly, so many people now are uh, home testing or not being tested at all frankly, and uh, just dealing with issues as a respiratory illness. So what do we know about BA5 and BA4? Uh, a preprint from South Africa, uh, where they certainly uh, it was first detected there and had a wave of uh, infection earlier this spring, uh, estimated that an r naught was over 18, which places it in a similar stance as measles. And uh, the same changes to this, these two sub-lineage variants are that it's better able to evade pre-existing immunity, both uh, so-called infection-related as well as uh, vaccine-induced. Now, on the other hand, uh, there has not been major increases in hospitalization or death, uh, certainly compared to the Omicron surge uh, this winter. That is good news. But in uh, some areas, it seems to be driving uh, significant numbers of new infections, such as in Australia. So uh, it looks like BA4 and 5 are our current uh, 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 variants that we are worrying about. 
And this does frame some context now because I think the rates of infection in communities are far higher uh, than they have been. Of course, people are still landing in the hospital. Now, in terms of boosters, how have we done? Well, um, if you look at all adults uh, who are currently recommended to get at least one booster, um, it's uh, under 50%. And the number uh, of people over the age of 50 who are recommended to get a second booster is far lower at just over a quarter. So uh, despite uh, not having a highly immunized population after the primary series, and perhaps because of concomitant pre-existing uh, episodes of infection, uh, we still haven't seen uh, that major increase in severe COVID or death. Now, uh, one of the ways I wanted to provide some background for you is the um, recent uh, meeting of the Vaccine and Related Biologic Products Advisory Committee, so-called Verb PAC. Uh, that the FDA uh, uses to advise them on vaccine-related issues. And they had a meeting last week uh, to address just one question. And the question was, uh, does that committee recommend inclusion of an Omicron component of the COVID-19 um, into the COVID-19 booster for use in the United States. And so they presented some data. Of course, it was an eight hour meeting and uh, this is just a small amount of the information presented. Uh, however, uh, the projections, uh, which are always just that projections and of course very hard to know for sure, were that COVID deaths are going to remain substantial through the winter of 2023, and you can see the estimates are uh, put down at 95 to 211,000. And this is in the context, as you see in the graph, of perhaps a, a new novel variant being uh, present and increasing through the fall, as well as a population that isn't uh, uh, have as much neutralizing antibodies present. And uh, these deaths, of course, uh, place it still far substantially above what we see for seasonal influenza, which in average years varies between 12 and 60,000 for seasonal influenza. So still a, a much more significant respiratory infection. What we know about the current vaccine is that it does have lower abilities to neutralize these newer sub-variants, uh, four and five, than BA1. And it does look like the effectiveness in preventing hospitalization against these variants is certainly waning nine months in the general population. And that's, again, a key point, I believe, because uh, the uh, even though you may be infected, it's really the immune responses, often T-cell responses, that seem to be important to keep people out of the hospital in that second week of infection. Now, in terms of what industry presented, uh, Pfizer uh, has developed a BA4-5 vaccine, but it's only been tested in the mouse model. And Moderna uh, has developed a bivalent vaccine with the original uh, Wuhan ancestral virus as well as BA1. And it showed that this uh, a combination uh, used as a booster in humans uh, was better than uh, the non-bivalent uh, booster against BA1. And also uh, did provide some effective neutralizing antibodies in people over 65, that most important population against four and five compared to earlier variants. So 
you know, if it's authorized, Moderna said, um, if they, they already have been manufacturing the BA1 bivalent, and they may have some ready for distribution in July and August, but if there were a change to the four and five formulation, there would be a three to four month delay. Now, uh, the, the VERPAC vote by the advisors was 19 to two in favor of incorporating an Omicron component um, in the affirmative. Uh, the negative votes um, were only two, but uh, brought up the appropriate point that they're uncertain that four and five would even be circulating by the time fall comes around. And, and is it worth uh, incorporating an additional non-tested um, vaccine uh, uh, and all the expenses and details and perhaps other issues uh, in terms of that reformulation. Now, Peter Marks, who heads up the vaccine division of the FDA, made comments uh, last week after Verbach on the 30th that said uh, the FDA's decision is to go with a bivalent vaccine uh, as a booster, including the original ancestral strain, which we've all been receiving to date, as well as uh, four and five. Um, and that clinical data is going to be needed, so they are going to do trials, but it's not going to be required for UA authorization because they're going to use the clinical trial data based on a BA1 data. Now, um, uh, it's not exactly clear what's going to happen because although Pfizer has been awarded a contract uh, for uh, manufacturing by the federal government, the federal funding is a bit up in the air, uh, but it looks like uh, October to November is probably the earliest that we might see these boosters. And there's no change in the primary series reformulation. Now, interestingly, the WHO has uh, decided to go with BA1 arguing that it's more distinct uh, compared to uh, the ancestral uh, Wuhan uh, uh, virus that's used uh, as a genetic basis in uh, the vaccine for spike protein, and that the BA1 component elicits a broader immune response. So perhaps they will uh, opt for the Moderna uh, booster. Now, just as a quick reminder, uh, booster timing for adults, which has been maybe a little confusing, but just to reiterate, uh, the general population gets two doses as a primary series, and you get your first booster uh, with the mRNA vaccines five months later at the earliest. And booster number two is limited to people over 50, uh, four months uh, after booster number one uh, at a minimum. Now, if you're immunosuppressed, however, remember that it's a three-dose primary series, and you can get a booster earlier at three months, and then uh, I think I neglected here, you would get another booster four months um, for those who are over 50. Now, for children, the general population uh, who are adolescents can get a single booster five months after the primary series. But if you're immunosuppressed, then you follow the same schedule as you might in the adult population. Uh, for children five to 11, they too can get a booster five months or later, just as others. Uh, however, for the immunosuppressed, uh, the suggestion is only for a single booster three months after, not the second booster. And then for the uh, youngsters um, who currently have just had an approved three-dose primary series, there are no current boosters recommended. So what should you do for your patients? I'd say most experts are re 
recommending to get all boosters that are recommended under EUA uh, to be uh, fully up to date. That's the CDC parlance that you're fully uh, immunized, um, uh, which has been confusing compared to just completing the primary series. And remember, at least uh, from uh, earlier Omicron data, granted with uh, earlier variants from Israel and the UK, the second booster was helpful to reduce serious illness in people over 60, especially those that had been immunized earlier. So should you wait for the bivalent vaccine? I mean, many patients don't want to rush. They're like, why get a vaccine now as opposed to later? Um, well, a, a couple of issues. First, it's unclear how much the four and five component will contribute. Uh, we don't have clinical data. And my suggestion is go with the bird in hand. If you clearly are eight to nine months after your last booster, uh, booster number one, which you know could date back to last summer for many people, um, I think you may, especially people with risk factors and older ages, I've been strongly suggesting they get <clears throat> their second booster now, and then we'll see what recommendations come out in the fall, which again are gonna be four or five or even maybe six months later by the time there's enough vaccine availability on the updates. So uh, obviously there are many thoughts about this uh, and many people just don't wanna keep getting more uh, boosters. And of course there is this sawtooth pattern that the more uh, immunizations you get, you have less neutralizing antibodies generated each time. But again, I think it's the boosters that provide protection against severe infection, which is not truly solely based on neutralizing antibodies that is important. So Faith, I think we have a couple of questions. Yes, we do. Thank you so much. Um, so this is our first of two learner questions. And the first one is, what is the recommendation for people who receive two doses of Janssen or J&J &J vaccine? The recommendation here for adults uh, who have gotten the two doses of the Janssen vaccine would be to get a dose of an mRNA booster, either Pfizer or Moderna, at least four months after your last dose of the Janssen vaccine. Now that's assuming uh, someone uh, doesn't really have a contraindication to that vaccine. There is no recommendation to get a third dose of the Janssen vaccine under their uh, recommendations and certainly the EUA. Perfect, thank you very much. Um, and here's our next question. Should Nermeltrevir and Ritonavir be prescribed to fully vaccinated and otherwise healthy adults? Yeah, Faith, thanks for that question. I, I've also fielded this. Now, according to the emergency use authorization, um, if you're describing healthy as someone who has no risk factors for severe COVID-19, then they don't qualify. Uh, for the protease inhibitor uh, drug. Now, if you're saying someone's in great health, they're 55, they, they may have you know, had a history of uh, heart disease maybe 10, 15 years earlier, they're otherwise stable with excellent cholesterol control. You know, this is interesting because of course, Paxlovid rebound occurs, which might uh, lengthen your time needed for isolation. I myself uh, fall into the risk factor group at the age of 60. I got COVID the same day as Tony Fauci. Um, and uh, because I had a, a uh, I figure my health is relatively good 
otherwise, and I'm uh, fully uh, up to date, meaning I've had two boosters, and I had a travel obligation that if I had rebound, uh, would have forced me to cancel. I elected not to get the drug. But I think uh, people that have multiple risk factors, certainly if you're over 65, um, and uh, you know, the recommendations are to prescribe the drug, but I, I do have patients that sort of worry about the rebound, and we don't know the exact incidence of rebound. Uh, my, you know, people have been talking about two to five percent, either industry figures or others. Uh, but certainly, um, anecdotally, you hear about quite a few that suggests it might be uh, more frequent. And of course, not everyone who has recurrence of symptoms is diligent enough to do repeat antigen testing and so on. Great information as always. Thank you again. If you're tuning into our webcast, please click the Claim Credit button in the webinar console to attest for credit. Otherwise, please visit us at covid19.dkbmed.com. Again, thank you for joining us and thank you for your dedication to your patients with COVID-19. Thanks again, Dr. Alwater. Yeah, thank you, Faith. And uh, I'm sure we'll uh, have more information, learn more as uh, uh, time goes on and we'll be updating uh, this uh, and certainly uh, trying to keep abreast of uh, changes as we head into the fall respiratory season.